0: We'll send two one, let's intercept the final barrier <laughs> <laughs>
1: Welcome to RC Hellion Nation version 2.0. I am Nick. This is episode number 173 take
2: 2. It's it's episode <laughs> yes. 173
1: version 2.0. The late night edition. <laughs> yeah, first <verse> 2.2.8.7. <laughs> After hours. Uh, yeah, well as you all can hear, I have Justin and Jesse with me. Say hi guys. What's going on?
2: How's it going, guys?
1: Dan is not here again, despite what some people kind of jump to and go, oh my gosh, did he leave the show? No, he's not. We tried, but he (laughs) He got a second date. He got a callback. Yeah, Yeah. he got a callback. He's like, screw you guys and your stupid helicopters. I got got Federico over here. taking out my time now so no dan's still taking some time off it is such an awesome i mean we've done this for so for so long to be able to step away and not have to worry about it is a good feeling and we are glad we can give that feeling to him uh when he will be back i I don't know maybe next week maybe week after i hope he's getting in some flying so uh have fun dan well, as we mentioned, this is ver- version 2.0, minor technical difficulties. If we didn't have them, it just wouldn't be us. Us, it wouldn't. Yeah. 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 We so, almost have to have something. I know. You know, a bunch of amateurs. Yeah. So who wants to go first this week?
2: I think we want to hear from you, dude. Yeah, I think you should go first, dude. Oh,
1: ah, wow. I used to go last. You sure?
2: Yes. Yeah. Are, are you Sure. I am absolutely sure yeah. you are the one that needs to go first this week. I'm feeling it. There's something there. There's a nugget.
1: A a, n- a nugget. All it's right. It's probably
2: a nugget of shit
1: oh, and not a gold. but you always do this within the first minute. What did I do? <laughs> you just got to go there. Okay, so let's see. <laughs> the... During this last week, the weather was miserable. It was horrible, man. Uh, Rain and rain and sideways rain and up rain and down rain. Every type. Every type. And I managed to only get in two flights with the little Goblin 500, which, by the way, I am, man, that thing's growing on me. I don't know what it is. I think it's it's finally reached that point uh where it kind of I look at it and it has that same feeling of reliability, consistency, ease of tuning whatever, I, you know, kind of combo package that I that I get like out of the E700. And it's just it's really growing on me. It's still my lunchtime heli even though I can take the Raptors. I usually I usually grab that one. So, I don't know.
2: Are you doing proficiency stuff on it?
1: Uh, I am. Absolutely. Uh, Which I will get to in a minute. But, yes, that is (laughs) – you had asked that before. If I felt that it was uh, a big enough size to do it on, absolutely. No question. I mean, it is great for that. Uh, it's actually, I think it works out really good. I can get it in a little, you know, you're flying a little bit closer, not a lot, but a little bit. Um, but you don't, I don't know how to explain it. It's not, not that I'm intimidated by a 700 anymore, but you feel like you can really try to master the fine, fine control as it's coming around by you because it's just not as intimidating.
2: You're not clenching as to Oh, dude. I absolutely see that.
1: Yeah, so, um, you know, do I want to drive it in? No, but uh, it is definitely big enough. I thought that I would just do all of my training uh, on the 700s, and that's not true at all. It doesn't seem to really matter. I think that if you can do it, you can do it on, it's more, it's not size of the heli, uh, well, I think within reason, you know, but uh, I think a lot of it is more on setup. So if we rewind a little bit. Well, i I'll, no, I'll I'll take I'll leave the rewind for last. This week I have been working on getting the E5 together. I did get it. Uh this is a very rare situation where I got a smoking good deal on the E5 uh price-wise and airframe-wise it is a gem. I mean so little use. It's in just great condition. There is some cracks on the canopy, but that was disclosed already. So, yay. Mark me down for one good forum transaction.
3: Nice. That's always really good to hear because it can be a hit or miss oh, when it comes it to the forums. It can just be a nightmare.
1: But this one's going really good. I did kind of switch things up a little bit. I I had intended on putting the mini V-bar in there at first. Because I wanted to put about five, ten flights on it, shake it out, get a feel for it. You know, but it, with the weather being really crappy, and, and this is like the one of the slower builds that I've done, uh, believe it or not. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, it was like, you know what, dude? You know how it's going to fly. I mean, I've got uh, plenty of V-bar flights on it. I've owned all different sizes of helis uh, five fifties down four you know, three sixties up the whole deal. And, and to me, V bar really does kind of make everything fly the same. It's, it's just with the exception of it being a different size. I don't know. Is that going to make sense?
3: Yeah. It seems like no eh. matter which size you put it on, it seems, it seems to lock in really well.
1: Yeah. So, continue. I, I'm
2: still not sure I'm buying it, but go ahead.
1: Well, you don't fly V bar either. You're right. Mm, good point. Um, but so I kind of at the last minute I was like, you know what? The end goal was to try the CGI on it. Screw it. I'm just gonna I'm just gonna do it. So that's how I have it all wired and set up. Uh, it's not completely set up yet. I forgot that little that little added coolness. As I'm putting it on, I'm like, dude, I get to tune it in my radio. I forgot all about that.
2: That I mean, is I just, cool. And you can do all of the setup there, can't you? Or, well, not all of it, but a good portion of it. All the advanced
1: parameters. I, you know, I seriously, I don't have a clue. I mean, I am, and this is kind of embarrassing. I mean, Nick, you know, Mr. Tuning Guy, I have zero zip, zilch, nada, nien experience with CGY. So, I. I kind of feel like a beginner. I actually even shared on my my, uh, Facebook page a video that uh, Dark Checkus just put out about setup for version 1.4. And, dude, I'm going to go through and watch the whole video. I'm going to read all the links that uh, the cool listeners that we got. They've sent me links on, you know, eGov setup, tuning, uh, that sort of a deal. I'm going to go through and watch and read it all, go through the setup like a total noob. And and I think that's actually kind of cool. Sweet. Yeah, I
2: can't wait to hear what you have to say about that because it's been a curiosity of mine.
1: Yeah, yeah, it, it has been of mine too. And I've heard a lot of good things about 1.4. It just, you know, I still feel like it. it just never, it was so bad in the beginning when they released it, it never really got a chance to regain any momentum. Maybe that's for a reason, maybe it's not. It's kind of hard to say. So rewind back in the week a little bit. Um, Last weekend, oh, yeah, buddy, Jesse and I got out, and I got in. The weather was moderate, nicer earlier, got kind of cold late in the day, a little bit windy late in the day. I got in like, I don't know, nine, ten flights, somewhere around there, so nothing crazy, but I did manage to mark off forty five maneuvers, bitches. Ugh. Bah. Yeah. <laughs>
2: Seriously, man. Ugh. And, and he's still not giving it
1: up. And Justin So I call him because I'm I mean, dying I'm, on
2: the inside here.
1: I'm stoked, right? I mean, I'm stoked. I uh I call him on the way home. Well, first, so Jesse and I and uh, Rick were out there, so we had the multiple witnesses things going on. Mm-hmm. Not that you know, we had decided one was good enough.
2: Did you use Yen's
3: online Absolutely. tool? Absolutely. Oh yep. yeah, we were handing Rel- each other. We relied upon it. In yeah. fact,
1: <laughs> it is so much better, in my opinion, than using the paper. If I mean, oh, if yeah. you have that, if you have that ability to. I mean, like I don't
2: mean. know from personal experience, but.
3: I
1: had my checker <laughs> well, ready to click let a Let box. me tell you,
2: it's it's
3: satisfying to check it off yeah. in the app. Thanks, Jesse.
2: <laughs> you'll Thanks, you'll get there buddy, I You'll
3: get there someday. That. Don't worry, you'll get there. You'll but check one cool off. But it's cool
1: because you don't have to flip pages. Like, you know, you read the maneuver and then you just touch the name of the maneuver and a little it it expands and shows you how and what to do. Mm-hmm. So I had Jesse like not so much—I mean, he was marking off the maneuvers, but he was calling for me. I mean, I'm—he's calling— that's—that's that's
2: really cool.
1: Yeah, and it goes—I mean, dude, I got all of level one done, so I'm flying down at 1750 now, which, okay, this—this—I have an advantage, and I'm not going to call it an unfair advantage— uh it's for once I've done one thing on my own because I wanted to, which worked out as a as a as as a favor later on. I fly at 1750 at least one flight about every time I go out to the field. I work on very smooth controlled all my circuit directions, you know, turns, this and that, uh right pirouetting hovers, just nonstop for three, four, five minutes at a time. Because I know that, you know, you can't let this stuff go. And that just kind of works with my flying style. So I do this anyway. Now, on top of that, the Raptors are very forgiving. I can take it, I normally fly it at 1950 at 14 degrees of pitch. I can drop it down to 1750 with no tuning difference. And it's perfectly fine. So I went out to do this with a big advantage of... I didn't have to tune my helis. I wasn't surprised. I was already very comfortable flying it at 1750. So it was just a, okay, tail and hover, go, boom. And it's just sitting there. Nose right, boom, just sitting there. It just wasn't, I was very used to how that felt. Yep. Uh, so we got all level one done in the first flight. And then, you know, we also, I went through and looked at all the auto rotation ones. And called off all the auto rotations um, each flight. I did one. So I did get hung up like on the dude. Freaking what what are they called the center heading circles center heading circles can still lick my gooch. They are
2: horrible. Those are in level two, right?
1: Yeah. Yeah. And so so you
2: kind of skipped around to get your 45. Really, the only level you completed was one. Correct.
1: That's correct. Okay. Yeah, I was going for, it's, I don't get, you know, Jesse, we don't get to fly together that often. So I want to get stuff marked off. And I also, I had no idea where, I shouldn't say I have no idea. I know that I will struggle at right rudder four point TikToks. I know that because that's something that I, that's a maneuver area that I fly around all the time that makes sense like that's the style of flying that i do in that level six wannabe seven type thing Mm uh on a normal flight so i know those they're fresh but a lot of these lower ones i had no idea what was gonna come out clean and what wasn't and i was actually quite shocked um Some of the ones that are, believe it or not, are way harder than people expect are just like the, man, the 180 auto. I consider myself pretty proficient at autos, but to be able to go by yourself, hit throttle hold when it hits the center line, do a nice, very smooth, controlled descent, slow 180 degree turn, flare, and set it down directly in front of you, both shoulders, way harder than you think. Oh um, yeah,
2: dude, I could imagine. Yeah.
1: And it's actually just as hard to do it under power, which I don't. Yeah, this <laughs> I don't remember one of them. You do like that side
2: in landing, side in landing. Ah, yeah, yes, the side in landings are. I figured that would trip a couple of people up.
1: Yeah, because it's not just hover ninety degrees and then go and then straight throttle down land. It's yeah, like no. a
2: smooth, constant descent way aside in yeah. landing right in front of you.
1: Yeah, that one. And so my approach was I'll do it the first time. Um I called myself off on maneuvers usually right bef- right before Jesse was like, "Nope, do it." So we were we had our standards very similar. Uh same thing like when he was flying, which we'll get to right about the time where I was like, "I don't know, dude." He would just go reset cuz he knew it. Yeah. Um because we fly together a lot. So we have that same kind of standard set. But if I if I didn't get it the first time, I would try one more time. And if I wasn't close, I wouldn't even like I just skipped it and I would call it. I'd be like, okay, skip to the next. What's the next one? And I kept going. I was just trying to get as many checked off as possible and truthfully find out where my holes are, you know, find out because I just I didn't no on the lower levels. So it was, it was pretty cool. It was a lot of fun, uh, a lot more difficult than I thought, but I think that to get a lot of, I, I like that approach, you know, go out there, attempt to do one that you struggle with. If you can't get it into say, screw it, but then have someone there ready to call for you to keep you going for that flight. Okay. Let's try these then. Okay, great. Let's try yeah. these. Okay. Did you great. get
2: any of the center, center heading circle variations checked
1: off? No, because you know what? No. Here's uh, We were talking about the big thing is going to be standards. What are the differences in everyone's standards? Your standards, my standards. I went out there and said, hey, wait a minute. If I can't do the center heading circles uh, or the figure eights, as clean as I want them to be, I'm not even going to try any of them right now. Like, I don't even want to go through the whole center heading thing until I know that I can do them all. And that's me because I am flying on a daily basis, attempting to fly past that. So screw it. I'm going to go back and polish them up all. I even got, I was not happy with the roundness and the smoothness of my constant heading circles. Did you
2: get them checked off?
1: Nope. And it was one of those where it was like, I tried the first one and I just wasn't feeling it. It was like, I'm going to, I can fight this for this flight. I can maybe get it checked next time. But it was very evident, very quick that to meet my standards, I needed to practice more. So I'm just not going to waste time on it. Not on quote unquote, Testing day if you know it. Well, yeah, what I
3: and mean. I, I kinda look at it as, you know, you want to be able to do this again in the future. You want to be proficient at the maneuver. So getting lucky and pulling it off one time doesn't necessarily show proficiency. Yeah. That's right. Thank you, Jesse.
1: And that's the concept. I personally think that no one knows that better than you, the pilot. So if that's how you want to play the game, uh then, you know, Okay, go for it, but you're really just going to shortcut yourself. If you If your goal is to go out there and to test out for center heading circles and it takes you five flights of failing to finally pass on the last one, I still don't think you're proficient. You've at it.
2: still failed.:
1: Yeah, you, I mean, yeah, go back and get it to where you can really replicate them clean over.: you should you know. be
2: able to do them within an attempt. That's, that's my personal standard. I is, agree. you know, if someone cold calls you, walks up to the side of you and says, Nick, you know, uh, nose in counterclockwise center heading circle. And you're like, all right, let's do this set up. You give it one try. Eh, it wasn't quite circular or maybe it drifted or it stopped. OK, give it another try. Now that you're in the mindset, if you don't nail it, then you didn't nail it.
1: Yep, absolutely. And that was the approach that Jesse and I took and it worked out. Uh, yeah. I just think it worked out well.
3: Justin, I agree with you. The only thing I would say to that is there's some of these maneuvers that we're doing early on that we're going to pass right by. And, you know, come December, November, they're not going to be as precise, I would say, as when we're getting them checked off right now when you're actively working on them three, four nights on the sim. Yep. You go out there. It's precise. You nail it. You got it down. You know, everything's clean. Maybe come November, it might not be as precise, but you should definitely still be able to do the maneuver and have control.
2: Yeah, I hear you, and it's it, that's actually a really good point. For me, though, again, just personally, the way I'm going to try to do it is to always go back to the first couple of levels. Yeah. Even if it's just as a warm-up when I'm out at the field. You know, first couple of flights, let's do some... Cheap and easy stuff that I've probably already got checked off at that point. But just to make myself feel better that I still have that skill set. Refresh.
1: Yeah. And, you know, that's truthfully, that's what I do on normal flying before we ever started this. That's my whole purpose of my 1750 bank is to force myself to go back and do that stuff. Um. So it luckily this time it it kind of worked in my favor because I was able to blow through a lot of the stuff with uh, even that I was shocked at stuff that I would I figured, man, I'm I am a right aileron rolling guy, like I usually I'm way more right aileron dependent than I am left, but I went um, I went right out there and got my half Cuban eight with the, all my left rolls and stuff in it. And a couple of them, my left rolls looked yeah, better than my right rolls. They came out better. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> which was kind of funny. But, uh, yeah, so it was fun. So let's see. Well, there's one little thing. I am oh how do I put this oh, man you know like when you just got a whole bunch of shit coming your way yes mm-hmm. and you just don't really want to say it because you really don't have a good explanation so i'm just going to blow blow through i sold d5
2: <laughs> what
1: <laughs> like the
2: the <laughs>
3: The Wait, one that's not you even... just
2: talking to us about the E5 that you were setting up? Maybe. Did you sell it in the last 10 minutes? No. Did, yeah, did, did someone just message you? 10 hours? Dude. What? <laughs> what is going on?
1: <laughs> I have a problem.
2: I am so confused right now. I have a problem. I really do. Um, The one that you never built flew...
3: Finished, yeah, oh that one that I that Ellie. I
1: really I feel like I let that Helly down, but there's a there's a backstory here, okay, there has been a heli that I have wanted to get for quite some time. I have not been upfront about wanting to get that because I didn't want to hear all the crap from you guys, and uh in the past. This particular brand I have owned, love, mm-hmm. but it has been kind of on the brink of do I feel price range wise, do I feel comfortable flying this? Because when I get to having fun, I'm kind of hard on my stuff. <laughs> like, I don't, you know, I never fly thinking about I shouldn't do this, I might crash. Like, if right. I'm having fun, you screw just it, do we're it. You're going for it. Yeah. Um, so, uh, you know, kind of, you know, that's been in the back of my mind. And I, I got this E5 airframe and I was just like, dude, this is awesome. I'm so pumped. It's so clean. And I got to talking to uh, a friend of mine, uh, Jack, Fabian over in Wyoming. Yep. And these mm-hmm. guys over there are just great. They've got kind of a, a cool little group of guys that are flying synergy over there. They love them. And I mean, I I get it. They're they're great helicopters. Um, so he's like, oh man, that's so. I totally want to get an E5. Wow, you got a crazy good deal. Uh, we were chit chatting about, you know, what components I'm going to put it in it and he was just really stoked. And he left the conversation with, well, hey, that's next on my list. Uh, let me know if you come across a really good deal like that. I probably won't find one just like that, but let me know. So, you know, that was kind of weighing in the back of my mind. And then I'm thinking, oh, then then we did this freaking episode last week, right? Talking about all your eggs in one basket. Mm-hmm. And then do you go with what you, you know, what is like the funnest thing or, you know, is it reliability and parts consistency? So I got like this whole week, not being able to fly during the week. My head is just going like 900 miles an hour. And I finally kind of realized, all right, maybe the the cheapest parts aren't as important to me as I thought. I want to fly this year, and I want a model that I can, like, I'm 100% consistent in. I know how it flies. I feel confident with the mechanics And parts availability. And that kind of falls under the category of this particular heli that came out that I really like the aesthetics of. Then I've got Jack over here saying, hey, let me know if you find an E5. So I was like, ah, ah, ah. And I buckled. Uh Uh-oh. So I sold Ah. him the E5. And, dude, I bought a Goblin 570. Oh. Dude. But you didn't see that one coming, now, did you? No, I didn't. But I, I'm on
2: board so far. I I want to really? hear more, but
3: uh, I think it I think it takes you down
2: a notch personally from from the <laughs> E5, yeah. huh? Well, if you're talking about you know, no, just
3: like, with re- just like with respect in general, oh, respect, credibility, yeah, just, reputation,
2: yeah, credibility, yeah, that was just... out the window a long <laughs> time ago. Wow, Cassie. this is
1: I should have I you know I should have came out of the closet. It You know, it started with the 500. You know, and I've owned, those. you know, you guys know, I've owned two Goblin 700s in the past and got rid of them for no other reason than it was, God, I really don't want to put this thing in. And that's what I felt. That's not the way you should be flying a helicopter. And that's not how Nick flies normally. I was like, yeah, I'm just worried about that. But then... I just started thinking about, you know, the the bigger picture. It's like, dude, seriously, you just don't my cra- I crash like a girl. I really do. If I do crash, it's screwing around doing an auto. Okay, it's skid's tail fin tail blades, whatever. Not that much of a difference. And then what am I really looking for? You know, and I think that my my priorities have kind of changed. As I I want that consistency, I want that reliability. I want to know that, you know, come come February of next year, I can buy the same parts for the same helicopter. Uh, and then you know the five hundred comes along. It's like, well, I kind of like this old bastard. I mean, it's uh, it's it's really growing on me. Wow. Okay, now I remember quickly remember why I. Why I have owned two, you know, two goblins in the past. And then it was, yeah, but I'm not going to say anything about it because uh, maybe it's just a phase, right? That's what I kept telling myself. Maybe mm-hmm. it's just a phase. Maybe it's just a phase. But it's kind of stuck. And then with all the kind of the planets aligning with the show and everything else this last week, it was like, screw it. I'm just going to do it. I really want that 550 size. Really do. And this just fit the bill. All the electronics will fit straight out of the E5. I think it's going to be just like my awesome. Wait, work. did you
3: even have the electronics in the E5? Yeah, I did. Oh, so everything they are
1: actually out You literally have
2: <laughs> like probably hours away from maidening.
1: Everything except the motor, which thank you again, Michael, for sending that. I got the Scorpion 4025 550 mm-hmm. in the mail today. So everything except the motor was in there
2: fascinating
3: so is is the plan is it is this the training heli
1: i you know i think so because after now having worked with the 500 seeing oh wow uh okay i can train on this and especially Mm -hmm. for especially for these whole beginning levels one two three four you know what i mean now there is something to be said when you start working with you know, the stuff that gets a little hairy. I like to get it up a little bit higher and then, you know, flying a bigger heli up higher is, is a lot, there's a lot more confidence in it for me because I I just don't worry about it at all. Yeah. Um, but the, uh, yeah, I feel that this is just going to be the perfect keep in the trunk of the car to practice every day at lunchtime, uh, for the for the proficiency thing. And I, I'm a 700 guy. I always have been, I always will be. That's still my go-to size. Um, But it, it's, it's just way easier not to try and stick a 700 in my car. And if I'm going to be out there just banging out flights, you know, maintenance, if I do stuff it in or whatever, I would definitely rather do that on something a little bit smaller. Yeah, for sure. And it doesn't make sense. Like, parts cost wise it's not that much difference really between the 500 and the 570 so if the parts are the same then you know i definitely want to fly the bigger one
3: so what does that mean for the 500 then because it sounds like if the parts are the same it's a little bit bigger
2: heli yeah i'm gonna guess what it means for the 500 (laughs) is it's gonna take the same position in his fleet as it did in dan's before they did the trade
1: yeah, you know, it It probably will. And I, I might as well just kind of come to terms with that right now. You're because just going to
2: hold on to it so that you don't blow your New Year's resolution. Bingo. Yeah. And, that's and I money have no, burning a hole in your pocket.
1: Uh, you know what? But I would eat
2: the crow and move on. No, yep. because get it's something else. That's you,
1: right. No, I will do it out of spite for you no. and always nailing all of my New Year's resolutions. I really feel yeah, like Yeah, there's I, probably still gonna be another gap in the
3: heli sizes you won't fill. So
1: I don't know. I mean I yeah, I kind of I bit off a huge, mm-hmm. huge chunk on that one and we're we're two months in and, and I've I've only halfway added one <laughs> one size, which I couldn't even seem to settle on. But no, uh yeah, so thanks again. Dude, uh, what color? You know, I haven't picked the color yet. I got a call. Well, by the time everyone hears this, I will have. It's late Friday night. Um, I don't know. I talked to Kyle at Rotary Wing R C and he's gonna get one out. I'll just have to see whatever is available. I'm not too picky on color. I like the the black and white or gray and white, whatever it is. I like that one and the blue and the yellow probably the most. Mm. I would love to get the carbon edition because they're beautiful, but I just. I don't know.
2: Carbon edition, dude. Lighter weight.
1: I know. That canopy. On a, you know, on a quote unquote practice heli, it just doesn't make sense.
3: Just gonna say, would that bring it back to
2: that? I really don't want to put this
1: thing yeah. in. The first I think time was.
2: you crash on that center heading circle, you are gonna be pissed.
1: Yep. And I probably still anyway. But you know, you just kinda have to to suck it up, and that's gonna make me want to get better.
2: <laughs> well, sweet, dude. Yeah, I honestly I'm on board because the five seventy has sort of been one of my closet desire helis if you want to call it that for a while i just think it makes sense i mean the size is awesome like you said the aesthetics i don't know what they did to it but it's some weird mix between the goblin speed smoothness and the shape of the 700 you know 770 canopy i i really like the look of that heli I would get mine in yellow and red though.
1: Yeah, see that's not my deal. And you know, <laughs> I was looking uh we you know, we see all the the upgrade parts popping up and it just god, dude, it's like I can't deny that they're they are getting so dialed. You know what I mean? As far as the they're they've worked they're working out all the kinks with all these uh, all these little teeny kinks and and just making like these newer models that are coming out like the five seventy mm-hmm. they're just they're freaking awesome, and yes, they are more expensive and and no one's gonna deny that but i'm I'm kinda maybe I feel like treating myself this year because I'm going to actually get back to flying. I don't know who knows that's Dude. fair. It's, a, <laughs> it's all a bad justification all the way yeah. around, but I'm finally willing to just come out and admit it. and say, you know what, I don't care, I like them, and that's what I'm going to do.
2: As you guys know, it's been a while since I've gotten my gas on, and in that time, there have been lots of great new products brought to the market. But if you're like me, you're never quite sure where to go to get the latest and greatest in gas helis. Well, my good friend Kerry Shirley, Mr. Gas-Powered Thoughts himself, has fixed that problem with his new web store, Gas-Powered Helicopters. Head over to www.gas-powered-helicopters.com today to check out all the best gas heli goodness handpicked by the king of gas just for you. Go get yourself set up with one of the popular Leviathan Designs SAB Goblin Gas Conversions. Or, if you want to go all out, pick up one of Leviathan's new complete Goblin Competition Kits. Not a Goblin fan? Not a problem. carry has got Helibug Conversions for all major Align Kits and the innovative RMJ Designs UK Gas and Nitro Thunder Tiger E700 Conversions. You can also get TRM Power, B.H. Hansen, and Y.S. Engines Power Plants, and a variety of exhaust system and engine accessories to go along with them. So when you're ready to get your gas on, visit Carrie Shirley at www.gas-powered-helicopters.com and start burning.
1: So who would, uh, would like to go next? I'll let you two choose. Battle it out. Yeah, <laughs> I'm going to
2: go next okay? <laughs> because I had a boring week. It should be fairly quick. The same rain you were whining about earlier has completely destroyed my week as well. It hasn't even been the standard sprinkly mist that we get in here down here in Seattle where, you know, if you really wanted to, you could go fly. It's not the end of the world. It has been just pouring like crazy all freaking week. I did not get out to fly last weekend, even though on Saturday when you guys went out, the weather was, it was okay, but I had some other stuff going on. Sunday, the weather was crappy, and then it's just been that way ever since. Uh, I'm going to take a no fly as a result. Wow. No fly. Well, that's, you kinda... that's two no flies. No, it's not. What? Wait, why am I saying that? It's not two no-flies, because I flew last Friday. himself under the bus. Yeah, you (laughs) flew Friday,
1: which, by the way, we need to, (laughs) I'm bringing up, because the phone call, I leave the field, uh, and I was just pumped, you know, on that heli high, yeah, I got all these maneuvers down, I called Justin, and he's like, I mean, one of the first things, I was like, dude, we were testing, how many did you get? And he was like, bitter, you had this tone. (laughs) Oh, I was
2: pissed, dude. And
1: I'm like... Not at you. I wasn't pissed at you.
2: I was pissed at myself because it's like I went up and did the tail and hover after getting the blades swapped around to the right direction. That's right. (laughs) That that did help clean up the hover a lot. But still figure I was so taken aback and flustered by the fact that the 770 needed to get some tuning going on, tuning down that. I was just like screw this. I'm not I'm not doing it because I don't want to go and spend a bunch of time not checking stuff off. Now, it, it turns out that for the remainder of that day, I spent a lot of time doing stuff that I probably could have checked off, and that's why I was pissed. Well, Cuz I it, squandered my opportunity.
1: And you, it came yep. across when I told you that I had 45 <laughs> because your first response was bullshit you cheated. That's right. BS. <laughs> You cheated, and I was like, "Oh, wow! Uh... <laughs> uh, I've never, been you've never accused me of that." Excuse, excuse me, sir, I did not. Yeah, <laughs> and you were—I I don't mind telling you—you you were pissed. I oh, you guys! You guys must have crappy standards. Yeah, I'm like yeah, that's that's. It.
2: I I was it. I was spitting venom because
1: I was <laughs>
2: so mad because everything backfired on me. I wanted to get stuff checked off first, and then I cooled down and I was like, dude, it's not a competition, even though it is a competition, and there's a lot of time left in the year. It's not a competition yep. from week to week. It's yeah. all about what yeah. you get checked off. And like, you know, Dan was talking, he could go for the next four months and not get anything checked off because he doesn't have a lot of people that he flies with, but he may show up at a fun fly and automatically jump to like 90 maneuvers. Who knows? Yeah, I'm OK with that. So I, I got over it. Sorry for being pissy. I had a moment, <laughs> Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, it, it is what it is.
1: You were irritated <laughs> in the nether regions.
2: I was definitely irritated. But unfortunately, I didn't do anything to change that this week because of the crappy <laughs> weather. So I do take a no fly. I don't take a no sim. Uh, I, You know, my simming, probably because of how down I was about the weather this week, took a little bit of a dip. I only got, I want to say it was about fifty additional minutes of simming this week, so I'm at six hours and five minutes.
1: Becha? Sorry, I forgot. Yeah, six, where
2: where are you at?
1: Six twenty-five.
2: Okay, yeah, so you got me by twenty minutes. No big deal, but the sim's still going great. I mean, I there is no shortage of of benefit. I'm not seeing any tail off it It is a huge thing for this pilot proficiency program,
1: oh man, yeah, yeah, big
2: time. We will continue to try to fly in the crappy weather, but I don't expect it's going to happen this weekend because my weather forecast says that we're not actually supposed to see dry times until Wednesday for Which another figures. few days,
1: yep, and then it'll be nice for Wednesday and Thursday. And Mm -hmm. then it'll start raining again on no! Next Next
2: Friday, this coming Friday, is my day off again. So I will fly. Oh, yes. Oh, nay-nay.
1: It will be nice. (laughs) (laughs) Now, on
2: to the no-buy. I didn't take that. I bought crap. (laughs) I bought a bunch of parts for the chase. (laughs) Now, you're (laughs) probably (laughs) wondering, oh, he must have crashed it. No, I didn't crash it. The last I flew 10 it. or tw- I flew it. I did fly it. Yes, I, I What'd did. what you
1: do to it? I flew
2: it. I flew it. The last 10 or 12 flights, it's been developing this steadily worsening click, slap, bang, shake. <laughs> uh, you know, what? I mean, characterize it how you see fit, but full collective punch outs. And the tail wags like a freaking crazy bastard. And it clicks like the belt is slipping. Problem is, I got three belts. I don't know which one's slipping. So I start going (laughs) through with the rain, right? You know, I don't have anything better to do. Start going through that model and taking it apart. One by one, I'm checking things. Everything seems to look good. I come upon the auto rotation gear and the main gear. Well, it's not quite as clean looking as I thought it would have been when you spin it up on a drill press. I got 30 thou axial run out. And that translates to, in layman's terms, wavy as shit. And I thought, great, smoke and gun. Fixed it, no problem. I go and spool up the motor without the main gear in there. I get some clicking. I'm like, damn it. There's another one. I I spun the tail by hand. <laughs> I'm sorry. I get some clicking, I'm like, what the hell? So now I've got like three different clicks. They're all different sounds, they're different frequencies. When <laughs> okay, wait, you put wait, the wait, whole wait. thing together, it sounds like a symphony of clickage.
1: <laughs> we got we got we got wobbles, clicks, shakes, wags. I s dude, it's like a freaking flying Ricky Martin it song. It is, dude. <laughs> <I'm sorry>. Yes. <laughs> And you know what? Uh, you could probably play one on that new fancy ass transmitter while it's <laughs> every I time, Absolutely you... could. Dude, you need to create a mix to where every time you punch out and it creates this symphony of sound, it's just like Livilavina Loca.
2: I will not put that shit on my radio.
1: I will put anyway, on your radio.
2: I got really frustrated about this, and I decided, I don't know what part it is that's giving me trouble. It could be bearings. It could be belts. It could be gears. And I don't want to go through the month-long process of buying one thing at a time. So what did I do? <laughs> I bought the entire damn drivetrain. <laughs>
1: Wait, wait a nice. minute. Effective. So what you're saying is that the rocket scientist said, screw it. I don't want to take the time to figure out what's wrong. I'm going to replace everything replace that round, that's round and spins. And I, I
2: don't give a shit. Yeah, It better just work when I'm done. <laughs> oh okay. <my> Remind <laughs>
1: me to never take my car to you to fix. I'm putting
2: <laughs> 60 or 80 bucks into this and I'll be damned if it doesn't fix my problem." I love this heli, I want it to work,
1: but it's pissing me off. (laughs) (laughs) So you remember why, (laughs) yeah, mark mark that down on justification on why I bought that 570? Yeah, for the record. And the thing that bugs me is
2: that the 360 class, it will be a part of my fleet going forward. That's solidified. I mean, so, and I like this 360. I want it to work. There aren't a lot of other options out there that I'm interested in. Probably only the Goblin three eighty. And let's face it, as sexy as that thing is, and I probably will eventually get one to give it a try, it's a lot more expensive to crash than the chase.
1: Oh, I'd be willing to bet it's yep. it's probably double.
2: Yeah. I mean Absolutely. Yeah.
1: So okay, dude, I'm we'll I actually I'm gonna pull the jokes. I promise. No more jokes about the chase, because I I know that when you just want to fly and you're really having fun with something, there's nothing worse than having mechanical issues. Oh, it's it's rough. And that's why, you
2: know, okay, look, if this was the 770, I wouldn't have just bought a new drivetrain. Because it would have been a <laughs> bit more expensive than sixty bucks. But, you know, we're the the parts are cheap. It's worth it. And if it turns out that all but one piece is good. Well, I've got spares of everything. Yep. It's not the end of the world. Those will come in later this week. We'll see what we can do. Hmm.
1: Well, I hope you get it figured out because it's a cool looking little heli. I really like it. I just a that whole you know all the the issues that it had when it came out. That's what held me from getting one. Was and well, I went into you, it with that
2: calculated risk. I knew I might be running into challenges and I've had a couple of things here and there, but you know, again, if this were me five years ago, it would have been sold a long time ago because I didn't have the confidence and the experience that I have now. Nowadays, I have no problem chopping the crap out of these things and making them work. And if I feel like the parts are available, then i don't mind that you know if i have to i chop new parts spare parts whatever it is what it is yeah i don't know yep. that was my non no buy i did not get to take a no sell though that's a third one that we're going to we're going to bring up after careful consideration i have made the decision that the jetty kicks too much ass to hold on to my trusty futaba 8fg as a backup And so that radio has been sold. I've still got all of my S-Bus receivers to sell, but the radio is gone. And I'm going to use that money to buy the last couple of receivers that I need to get uh, my other two helis transferred over to the jetty. At this (laughs) point, all of the speed helis are jetty and the chase. I need to get the Goblin 770 and my little 250 mini quad.
1: Well that, dude Yeah, you're on the phone with me And I can hear in the background <laughs> She's talking to you Freaking normal mode I up one Auto-rotation mode It's just <laughs> And he's I like, got her dude, to say, you uh, don't understand You can do this, and then you can do this And dude, I can freaking do this And I can do this, and I'm just I it. can play Tetris <laughs> <Whoa>. <laughs> <laughs> on your transmitter. Yeah, dude.
2: There's a That's whole gonna game help. section. Yeah. You go under applications. Oh, I can well, play Tetris. So snake, That's going to help you with pro- the chess, proficiency test.
1: I can feel yeah, it. Jesse, Level two for you forever. Jesse, it
2: what? saves your highest score, dude. Oh, jeez. Yes.
1: Oh, this is yeah, even I, more I think I'm going to practice
2: now. flying with my transmitter.
1: Yeah, there we go. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Until they have a game called like, Right Rudder. I'm not interested in I, it. I
2: got her to, to to say the word her, speed. Her. So like on my speed helis, it has idle up one, idle two. She says auto rotation. And then when I flip into what I used to call idle three, which is like the 2600 RPM, she
1: says speed. Oh, yeah. It's a, a she, it's like a person. Oh, yeah. yeah. Name her. Talks her name's you. Jetty. Her name is Jetty. Twisting
2: its knobs, your your wife might get jealous, dude. Yeah, yeah. this uh, this. Well, I can you have can, my I wife mean... record voices and then put that in the transmitter. You can do that too.
1: Yeah, hurry up, come home. Yeah, yeah. Oh yeah, <laughs> fly it. Fly Don't lower. give her any ideas, Nick. Uh, yeah, <laughs> dude. Make this it all radio is. Like, I am I am really glad that you got this because I would, I mean, I'm not going to spend that much on a radio. You will. We, no, I won't. You will. I will not. Jesse's going to too. De- Justin is so probably eventually that I'm going to buy a Jetty because he is just like. I've
2: been sending him texts like, dude, look at here's your current sensor so you can get pack capacity. And it's like <laughs> a Jetty pack capacity sensor. I kind of like, like. Well, you better drop it in your shopping cart, Nick.
1: <laughs> I feel like, you know, uh, there's this this picture of of this this wheat field, and <laughs> and and the sun is setting in the background, and Justin mm. is skipping across one side of the field arms outstretched palms up with this look of glee frolicking
2: Uh, in slow motion we really need
1: some music maybe one hand through the
2: waves of amber grain
1: yeah yeah, that's right one hand is brushing across Uh. the top of the of the wheat and then here on the other side of the field comes this jetty just gracefully floating and spinning while you know normal mo justin Idle up one Justin. Yes. And they and they meet in the middle in the in the clouds part everything.
2: <laughs> I love you, it. It is you awesome. Are... Uh, you well, just wait. Uh, First fun fly we fly together at you will leave that's what with I'm the worried commitment about. to purchase a jetty.
1: I'm you're not committing me to purchase shit.
2: No, you're going to commit you. Oh, I am? Yeah. Dude,
1: yeah. No. Yeah, no. no nah. And no. No. Sorry. I mean, I, I, mm. I am extremely happy for you because I know what it feels like to find like that heli or that component or that anything that it's like you get it and you're going, yep, I'm sold. That's it. Mm-hmm. Done. This is the one. Mm-hmm. Finally. Finally. Oh, yes. This is the one that I have been waiting for. So I'm actually a little bit jealous. Not per se that you got that radio, but that you found that. Okay, Uh, I'll take that.
2: I think that's reasonable. Wacky waving inflatable arm flailing tube man. Wacky waving inflatable arm flailing tube man. Wacky waving inflatable arm flailing tube man. Hi, I'm Justin Pucci, and despite what you may think, I'm not here to talk to you about wacky waving inflatable arm flailing tube man. What I am here to tell you is that the guys over at Rotary Wing RC are stocking up on all forms of heli goodness and passing the savings on to you! Need a flybarless system? Joe and Kyle have Bavarian Demon, Skookum and Icon. Looking for a heli? What about Gowie or one of those Garbins? Servos? Look no further for BK servos and MKS. And who could forget the German amazingness that is Contronic? I sure can't, because I just bought three of them. So head on over to www.rotarywingrc.com and get yourself loaded
1: up with awesome today. Jesse, wow wow us. Wow you? Yeah, entertain me. Entertain
3: you? Well, I think I did entertain you a little bit when we were out at the field, yes. struggling through <laughs>
1: <laughs> freaking proficiency. Uh, <laughs> apparently. No... <laughs> Just, Jesse's <laughs> kryptonite is uh, nose right hovering. <laughs> yeah, dude, what the hell? <laughs> Sorry. Oh no. Okay, okay. What?
3: No, 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 no. Le- I gotta back, back up, back up. There's <laughs> much happened before yeah, we got to that Yeah, but those are point. all the
1: details that don't make it as no, funny. No, no, no.
3: Yeah, Yo, sure. You you can say okay. I struggle with nose right hovering. <laughs> Go ahead. We'll throw it out there. We'll throw it out there. But now I get a chance to like back up.
1: 80 steps. This is my game. Now you get to explain yourself. Welcome to my world. This is my... (laughs) Okay, so I go out there this,
3: you know, last Saturday, and the heli, obviously I'm normally flying at about 20.50 on the head, um, 14 degrees of pitch on, this is a 700 class helicopter on the 7HV, and so immediately I... I go out there, and I I realize, okay, I need to slow this thing down. It's got to come down to some more moderate settings. I dropped the head speed down to 1750, 1800, I think, Nick, is what we ended up tacking it at right in there. Yep. Um, I I grabbed the pitch slider and just drug it down. Don't know how much pitch I'm running. Less. I'm running less (laughs) pitch than 14.
2: (laughs) It was (laughs) that bad.
3: (laughs) I'm like, this this is way too (laughs) sensitive. I'm trying to hover. And, granted, I think whenever I went out there to hover, the wind did pick up.
2: <laughs> and don't deny that, Nick, because
1: you no, know it, it did. It did. It, it sounds
3: like
2: you did. had the same experience that I did, Jesse. Yeah.
3: It was no, Justin. Do not put me in your category. I got, <laughs> I got moves checked off, man.
1: <laughs> that is fair. Oh, oh, this God, is like that a... sting. Don't bring
3: me down to your level. <laughs> <laughs> no. So I had to completely go through. I I lost. I th- I probably lost three flights, four flights. Yeah, uh, just trying to get my heli tuned, drop the head speed down, get it to where. Then it started I could shaking. Be precise with it. Yeah. Then you- it started shaking, which I realized the reason. <laughs> oh my that little, god!
1: Hello, Ricky Martin. Action going-
3: no, no, no. Give me a chance here. Okay, the sorry. reason it started shaking was I had to try to turn the gain, the he- gain on the head up so high. For those freaking zeal blades, oh! I what happened to got, the compass blades? No, it, so the compass blades were on there, but remember how I said I never had to go back and retune it. I never went back and retuned it, mm-hmm. and so at a higher head speed, it didn't shake, but it wasn't tuned optimally for those blades. Um, usually it would be the the range of head speeds would be a little bit wider even though i do admit on that helicopter 1750 is pushing it cuz it has the hardest dampers in there that you can get for with right
1: that, that's the the uh the not green. yeah not the dfc head though that's their version 2 head right
3: yeah yep that's yep. the version 2 head with gotcha. the green kbdd um extra stiff dampers in there okay so so i did have to bring the head gain down a little bit um, finally got all of that sorted out, so now four flights later. And yeah, it, I was still struggling, man. It was... You definitely have an edge on the practicing at 1750 thing because it's really the same concept that we talked about last week. It makes absolutely no sense to practice every single night on the sim with a heli that has different rates and and is tuned completely different than your real model. Yeah. that That doesn't make sense. So why in the world would I go out there and expect that I can change all these things about my helicopter and be proficient with it right off the bat? Yep,
1: and then sit it into a perfect hover.
3: Exactly. So very unreasonable expectations on my part just because you have to remember, I just grabbed the sliders and started dragging crap down. So, <laughs> taming the thing down. And, you know, it, it wasn't my, it, it's not the normal rate, so it didn't perform how it, Normally doesn't. I wasn't used to it. With that being said, I still got twenty nine uh, maneuvers. Okay, checked off. that's not yeah. bad. So only I did level make, one fully complete. Yep, level one fully complete. Yep, he did uh, so get that nose right hover. I find it took. So it took the first flight. It was a no go. Just just was not happening. Second, so then I go over to a different flight station off to the left. <laughs> I'm like he's and over I'm there, like, I, and he needed to yeah. be alone. Weird. Yeah, he it, it was, to and I and I didn't a little want dirty people watching it. me. Yeah, I didn't want people watching me. Just leave me alone for a few minutes. I have to focus with my helicopter on hovering, guys. <laughs> no, so went over to the other flight station and just kind of got it dialed in. And then came back and wasn't wasn't as big of a deal, but wow, it it was a lot tougher than I had imagined personally. And I I think as the weeks go on and I do more flights at this 1750-1800 head speed, and go back through and to you know kind of tune my sim models to fly the same and reflect that, I think stuff will start clicking a little bit faster. So I'm not I'm not super worried about it. I just said expectations were just a little bit too high going into that first weekend. So,
1: you know, can I give a recommendation? Something that's coming from a guy who does that. I would not change your rates.
3: It feels really weird, though.
1: It it does
3: because it's it's so slow on the collective, like at full at full collective. Mm -hmm. The heli responds so slowly. It feels really weird to have the cyclic that
1: fast. Okay, but here's the deal. What are you doing at full collective? Because everything because your head speed's seventeen fifty. Nah, 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 nah. No, 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 no.
2: No, I don't think no, that's not, the case. Not quite. But no, I, I hear I mean, you. you Jesse. Get what you're going to use more of the collective,
1: but I, I, I don't know, man. I keep mine exactly the same because for the cyclic, that's the awesome part about flybarless. You know, we're not going when you give x x command, you do not mm. get, you know. Why amount of degrees of pitch in the blades every time? It, it's a, it's, you know, the fly barless systems are calculating it in degrees per second. So, as like on the old fly bar models, the slower the head speed went, the slower the cyclic went. Yeah. That's not the case. But that's why it feels so odd, too. It, it does that's feel not odd. The case. But I mean, you really, I feel like. That's why it works so well for me, because it mm-hmm. always feels the same and on the cyclic. I, have that, to I that.
2: agree with you completely, Nick, because w- the little bit of tuning that I did on the 770 after getting frustrated last weekend, my initial reaction was the same as yours, Jesse, which is, damn, I got to drop the, the cyclic rates. And I did the the total throws, and I went out and flew it and said, uh-uh, I cannot do this. And I went right back up to the same level of agility that I had started with. Mm-hmm. It just didn't feel right to me. So I'll, I'll have to go double check, but I'm not
3: sure how much. I don't think I changed the cyclic very much, if any at all. I know I changed the pitch, the collective quite a bit.
1: That's, uh, see that? Well.
3: And that was mostly just to adjust for that hovering. Um, I think once, now that I'm past the hovering, that can go back up to normal. Ooh, you, so, you know
1: what? That's a good point, dude, because uh, like in the case of yours, you were saying it just doesn't, uh, 750 just doesn't work for that head. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, we talked about that in past episodes with resonance frequencies and and dampers yep. and what certain helis just simply aren't. Justin, you went through that whole huge, the, the gobble-wobble with the 770. Mm-hmm. There are head speeds that uh, certain head design, you cannot tune wobbles and shakes yep, out period. absolutely so yeah. like you know in Jesse's case uh, the the like in my case the raptor is a little bit different it has a very forgiving head on there so i can drop down to 1750 and do nothing and it's fine yep. his isn't happy at that it's never going to be happy at that so oh, then it was okay there I, you go yeah it, it tuned out so but it I mean, was possible if you can't, but it took work if you can't get it down to that head speed that you want it to Put it on the edge of where it's okay and then drop your pitch a little bit. Yep, yep. I still think from my experience doing it, it feels better to leave as much the same as possible and only drop the head speed, mm-hmm. but this could be a
3: personal and, preference. and thing I think it was do. mostly just because when you're trying to hover, and like we mentioned, it did get a little bit windy, those very slight adjustments are now all of a sudden huge elevation changes for the heli. Yeah. And so that was just unacceptable, that, that first flight, to where I had to tone that back a little bit. Yeah. Um, but once you get through those hovering ones, I can really see where bringing the pitch back up to your normal, whatever you run, uh, is a it, it shouldn't be a big deal.
1: Yeah, I'm going to so. do, I mean, I plan on doing all the way up through, I did all of mine at 1750, every single one. That, mm-hmm. that we did and i i probably won't get up into 1950 until we get maybe level five you know yep. around in there
2: now i'm going out next yep. weekend and putting the uh 770 at 2100
1: dude freaking hammer down chuck <laughs> yeah
2: i'll breathe heavy and the thing will climb six feet
1: <laughs> drop it like it's hot
3: yep yeah it it is it's tough. I I definitely get what you were saying last week, though, Justin. It was a, it was quite a shout. And so. there eye-opener. was no
1: anger with Jesse, like there was with you, no. Justin. But there was definitely well, that's because
2: he got twenty nine things checked off.
1: Yeah, but it it still like I could tell. I looked at him and he was like, like he it, was broken down. Uh, I wouldn't say broken down yet, but it, it was like it just got smacked with a no, you know, rolled up newspaper. Very, oh, yeah. very taken aback. Like I did not see this coming. Yeah. Uh, oh no, and it it
3: was I was working. It was full focus. Anytime it, I was flying, it was one hundred percent focus. Yeah. So which was which was good because I feel like too many times you just get in that same routine. So it was nice to.
1: St- you know, stretch mm-hmm. and be be pushed, and yeah, it was it was good though. Great example of where some people are going to have uh, problems with certain sections, and others aren't. I mean, the guys that there's guys that fly all that's all they fly at is like seventeen fifty, doing all this nice smooth stuff. They're just going to sail through the first three levels. Oh yeah, like it's Absolutely. no big deal. We're out here trying to do this and that, but then you know, for them to come out and st- start checking off you know, pirouetting flips just might never happen. I mean, yeah. it, it might never happen to whereas a slightly more aggressive setup and a, a more aggressive pilot will, will have the advantage there then. Yep,
3: I completely agree. So another thing that I'm going to be doing, have not done this yet, is last weekend out at the field I grabbed a... Nick's letting me borrow an MKS high voltage tail servo. Nick, what's the exact number on that one? I can't, for some reason it's, it's the not remember Is that the 669.
2: Or you, is it the metal case? No, no, okay, it's the 669. It's 669. Yep. 669. Okay, right.
3: so I'm gonna be putting that one in the 7HV, and the reason for that is I have this slight little tail wag um, that I could not quite. Tuned out. I have tried, you know, p gain, i gain, main gain. I've gone through my normal tuning sequence numerous times, where I've gone back and completely reset, and I'm just sitting there going, "Okay, I got to start over. I messed up somewhere." And I kind of, I want to rule out first that there's any mechanical issues that maybe things are just a little bit too tight. Maybe the, I don't know. Maybe I need to change the servo arm length. Mm -hmm. Who knows, because right now I have the brushless BK Servo in there, which isn't new to the heli, but I put it in there probably last October, and I haven't gotten in a ton of flights on it uh, since then, just with the weather and you know finishing up school right. and that type of stuff. So it hasn't been a ton of flights on the tail servo. So I really want to drop in something that you know, I know is going to perform. Nick said, great luck. I know, Justin, you have... I've had great luck with MKS. Oh yeah. And so I just want that. Okay. What is causing this issue? Is it an airframe thing? Do I need to get a different tail servo mechanical? I just want to get to the bottom of it. So yeah. this next week I'm planning on throwing that in there. And then once again, resetting everything going back to starting with the main gain and then going in, tuning the P and I and stops and everything going all the way through and seeing if I can get it dialed in because I really don't like that. And it's, it's so slight. You know, when I say there's a tailwag I'm literally just talking about that last 5%, you know, it's, it's but not it much. It still
2: drives you nuts.
1: But dude. you've had exactly. it not there before.
3: feeling. Exactly. I've had it not there before.
1: That's what, that's the worst part. If, if it's always been there from day one, it's not that big of a deal, but once you've, fly it and it's not there and you get used to that and then it shows up, it'll freaking drive you crazy.
3: Yeah, exactly. And it's one of those things where, you know, if you weren't looking for it, you probably wouldn't even see it, but being the pilot and flying it, I totally notice it just because like you said, it's not normally there. So when it's doing something not normal, when you have a couple thousand flights on an airframe, you pick up on little tendencies like that. This week I will be installing that and hopefully getting out and flying uh, maybe Sunday this weekend. The weather is looking. The percentage of rain is less. Let's say that. It's not zero. <laughs> it's not zero, but it's not 100 like it is on I Saturday. Hope
2: you're right. So <laughs> I would like an opportunity to get out there. Yeah. You think, so we you think my see. wife is, uh, is um, a valid checker for level one?
4: I don't mm. think.
1: Uh, I, I mean in your case like you mentioned you're gonna be your worst enemy
3: i
2: will always be my yeah worst that, enemy. and
3: that's a i know nick you mentioned this but there was numerous times because i gotta say it was a little bit it's tough to say no do it again yeah it but is you you have to because we really want to push each other and we both ev- everyone wants to get better yeah so it's exactly. something that you just it's not personal it's something you got to do it it didn't it wasn't up to the standards we're trying to hold ourselves to, so you got to do it again. Yeah, but it was awesome to see that most of the time, the other person didn't even have to step in. It was just a nope. I'm not personally. I'm not accepting. <laughs> Hell <that."> no. <laughs> yeah, it's yeah. It's no, a, I hear you. I don't even feel comfortable with that. That's exactly subject.
2: the way it was when I was trying to get the first couple of things. I just told them no. Just you, yeah. you go back to the bench this is, this is to, yeah. or the pits this is ridiculous um
3: and so i i think who is authorized to be a witness is a kind of a case-by-case case thing and up to you to use your best judgment
2: yeah
1: yeah true
3: because you're you're gonna know if, if you're conscious to sitting clean then you know what does it matter that's true but that's all that's all i did this week not a ton of simming i think i got in like 20 minutes i'm at five hours and Twenty minutes cool man Hmm. So just just one night been a little slow hopefully hit it hard again this week
1: yeah i need to get back in that groove that's for sure
3: yeah and it what's really tough with the sim is you miss a couple days you miss a couple more and and it's so easy to fall exactly it's so easy to fall right back out of it Mm -hmm. it's one of those things where just do it just every single night yeah (laughs) Yeah, stick to it. Quit it, screwing around. It and, becomes easy to, you know. I, I remember when I was in the routine where when it hit eleven o'clock, mentally I had no other option but to fly the sim. Yeah, like I couldn't go to bed until I flew the sim. Yeah, <laughs> so I I need to get back to that.
1: I agree. Well, hey, let's uh, let's do a little bit of news. News, and because I was ridiculed, <laughs> Mr. Pucci. Yes, sir. Would you like to take us into the news? I will,
2: and I will do it so well, you won't be able to handle it.
1: With the crazy schedules that we run around here, having products that can be both technical and convenient is an absolute must. The RevElectrics Dual Power Lab fits that bill perfectly. With the extensive live data graphing capabilities that the Dual Power Lab offers, I'm never left with a lack of charging and battery information. Not to mention, being able to crank out 40 amps per channel leaves me with charge times that even I can't keep up with. So quit wasting precious time waiting for your packs to be done charging. Pick
4: up a dual power lab to step up your charging game. Thanks, Nick. For more information, log on to That's R-E-V-O-E-L-E-C-T-R-I-X.com. Then click on the Revo USA store. Are you ready? Wow. Wow.
2: This week's news is brought to you by HeliDaily.com, your daily RC helicopter news magazine. Wow, okay. Nailed it. Sounded kind of gay, actually. Did it? (laughs) (laughs)
1: Wow. I thought it was. Maybe cool. I
2: have that the, the same knob on my audio system that, that Dan had a couple of weeks ago.
1: Yeah, You got your gay up a little high? Yeah. Yep. <laughs> I don't think Dan has nice. any room to talk right now. He's probably spooning Federico as we speak. Yes. <laughs> In his snakeskin
2: cowboy boots. Whoa. Hey, it, ju- it just takes
3: one email, and that could be you.
2: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay news come
1: on what do we got <laughs> Uh, Jesse why don't you uh, uh, let's see we got a couple things here uh, I'll take one you take one how about that
3: alright I let's see here logo 550 SX it looks like you're gonna to have to give me a minute because you put a link to a freaking YouTube video. I did not a helly Daily news release post. I can do it real quick because I've already watched it. If you want, all right, go for it. Yeah, I haven't. I didn't watch the video. I had a marker right there.
1: All right. So first up, we have got now. This one is I think this is cool and truthfully about three years overdue. If we're if we're gonna be honest. <laughs> Uh, Logo has released uh, 550SX, and now what makes this cool is the frames on here. They have finally incorporated their own quick-release battery tray system, and they actually opened up uh, the height of the opening on the frame in the front. As long as I can remember, people were grinding out the front of their logos to get these new whatever size batteries you're going to put in there. Dude, I exactoed the shit out of some logo (laughs) frames in my day. Yeah, exactly. This setup is awesome. They've got a little brace on the outside to give some more structure in the front of the frames, multiple different spots for the battery tray to click into, in my opinion... Great looking execution. Yeah, I mean, the, the the
2: interesting thing about this, they say that they've got a new canopy, and it does look a little bit more, I guess, streamlined. I, is that all it is? I or is it a different paint uh, job? I mean, admittedly, it's been a while since I've looked at a at a five fifty or a logo 500 so i may whatever it is a,
1: i don't think that it's it's not like in your face whoa it's pretty what do they subtle do? yeah it's yeah not, it is subtle it's not a huge difference it's still got that look but the cool thing is this frame set um i i from what i've read i know that it's going to be the 550 and 600 size models that mm-hmm. and and should be 500 right justin yeah, that's what it says. Oh, does it? Okay. Yeah. Now does it mention the 6 if this will work with the 690? Well, it says
2: it says the chassis will of course be available as upgrade kits for all existing 500, 550 and 600 size logo helicopters. It I doesn't specifically it, say 690.
1: Well, I know they've got that weird kind of I don't even know what to call it. The the Like the Gooch cover on the, the bottom yeah. for the skin. <laughs>
3: <laughs> I love it. Well, it's uh. like it's
1: your it's your undercarriage cover, yep. which when someone explained it to me, I thought was like gay, 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 gay. But then when I saw, uh, while well, I was hanging out with Sean Hempel one night at Urcha when he was putting all his stuff together and I got to see it in person yeah not that gay. It was i mean it actually looked really clean and it did look nice so <laughs> i i'm gonna assume that it's gonna be compatible with that uh so cool that you can you know either get this all in a new setup or be able to upgrade upgrade your existing stuff now, second one, and lastly uh news is pretty pretty skimpy this week. <laughs> oh, I love this one. This one is controversial but I I've come up with a theory that I think explains it. When I first saw this, uh I was uh, almost wet myself with excitement. Uh they've got the Goblin Yurkai F3C skids out for sale. Now, and they can be a uh, modify You don't I don't think you have to modify the skid. I think you just do you even have to do any modification to the goblin? No. Six to the 700? No, no,
2: because the new the new competition frames on the 630, 700, 770, they all fit the new plastic upgrade landing gear that uh, that gotcha. except the carbon fiber like the stock the yeah. original style. Yeah. And so all you do is remove the plastic bits that bolt on the carbon fiber. And you install the plastic bits that have holes in them for the skid tubes.
1: Yep. So these are, I mean, these are for for greater purpose. These are just a regular set of skids. And, like, I've seen pictures of them up. I know Kyle Stacy converted all of his over to them. They, for me, this is like, oh, my gosh, this is awesome. I love the way that they look. Cause
3: I, are I, you sure it's awesome, though?
1: Well, do you see how much they cost? uh, I'm I'm getting there. Okay, (laughs) so, uh, yeah, whoo, um, looks wise. I think it's just freaking fantastic. Now, my initial thinking was, this is awesome. I'm not gonna have to spend thirty dollars on a set of skids. And then I saw it was $44. You're right. You're not going to have to spend 30. <laughs> and what started as a P ended in something else. <laughs> <laughs> it, they're spendy. But here's So here's my theory. Because I was just like, okay, yeah, no, no dude. I just can't even fathom this. But <laughs> here's here's my theory. These are listed and not marketed at all as Goblin seven hundred skids, right? I mean, right? these just are urukai skids,
2: which, except for the fact that it says that it will fit everything from the six thirty up.
1: I don't know. I mean, I, I'm. I feel like I'm hoping, and I say hoping. I feel like I'm hoping that maybe they were dabbling in this first Mm-hmm. and they're going to see how they people you know how the reception is on them and then and then maybe if people like them then they will do like a huge massive batch of them because I mean if they're the I Yurikos, think you're lying to yourself I, yeah I they're going to so. be 44 bucks yeah, they're, they're so going to do a huge up up batch and get
3: and them then charge 44
2: bucks <laughs> yeah
3: you're probably right,
2: well I actually, just think. I mean, what are we talking about here? You can't even use them. You don't have a goblin six thirty through seven seventy
1: no, but that I mean that's like a that's one of those things where it's like one of the few quirks that you know of like the goblin seven hundred that I didn't care for. was the skids i've never Mm -hmm. cared for those i I, you know i love the heli i love the the drivetrain, the the bell all that but it's like i am a plastic skid guy by nature that's what you know what i mean (laughs) so when i saw these i was excited and i saw the price and i feel like i'm on an emotional roller coaster because of these freaking skids (laughs) i love this that's like some skids well, but it's like...
3: That's like 50 bucks for some skids with shipping.
1: It, it It's rough.
3: But that is a lot of money.
1: I, I You know, I am praying and just praying that they... <laughs> just keep hoping. That that people love the way they look, complain about the price, and they go, oh, we didn't know that you guys would like them this much for all the rest of the helis. We thought we were just we making... We can do
2: better than that.
1: We just thought we were, we were repli- you know... Basically, offering replacements for the Urukai. So, oh, in that case, you know, we'll go order 10,000 of them or whatever, and then maybe we can get the price down. $41. <laughs> <That's> <laughs> <hard ass. laughs> uh, I, I mean, what's love... an appropriate price for skids these days?
2: Well, that's. I mean, that's... you can't use the Raptor.
1: No, because those cause are just. Because that's just crazy cheap. That's about, I think, about nine bucks for a set.
2: How much is it for
3: compass? Yeah, I would say skids? that's
1: about fifteen for compass, for the tubes and skids. Yeah, like that. Now, what about like, uh, what about a more, uh, you know, okay, like synergy, which are generally, you know, on the on the upper end, we'll call it. Yep. What do we think those are? Do we know? Uh,
2: I don't know. I I'd, I'd bet they're probably in the twenty five to. $30 range.
1: Well, Justin, how much is a set of like the 770 and the 700 skids are the same for the carbon fiber ones, right? Yeah. So what what is a set of plastic braces and carbon fiber skids go for?
2: Oh, boy. Let's see here.
3: Oh, here we go. So looking at the N7 parts, it looks like the skids, so the plastic part and the tubes for that is about twenty three bucks.
2: All right. So qu- I can quite I a can one up the seven hundred, six thirty, and seven seventy competition plastic gear with the carbon fiber, like standard looking skids, mm-hmm. is thirty six mm-hmm. for the full set.
1: With the plastic braces with the in plastic the middle.
2: braces in the <laughs> middle and the carbon fiber things. <laughs> thirty six. Oh, so they're more expensive than the carbon fiber skids. No, no. No, they're not. They're I'm I'm saying this is like the the new competition upgrade has the plastic bits. Oh, it has the plastic. With the carbon God, yeah. fiber that attaches to God, the bottom. Yeah. So they're no, eight dollars no, no, no. cheaper
1: than Nick's the dream plastic. Skids. Yeah, than the plastic skids with tubes. Jesse, you probably right. haven't seen the new competition. But the,
2: check this out kds agile 7.2 10 dollars and 64 cents for two skid pipes and two landing gear things yeah
1: about a buck and a half more so i think that i think that standard plastic skid price is anywhere from say 10 bucks to 25 bucks
2: i'd say 20 i i wouldn't find i wouldn't feel horrible about paying 20 or 25 bucks
1: so i would like to see them to answer the original question was where do we think it should be if the all carbon fiber it's got to get down about i would 30 say bucks. At, at least five bucks at least five bucks cheaper than the carbon fiber stuff yeah
2: i'd say 30 yeah. to 32 dollars
1: I think for being on the more expensive end, thirty, thirty would be, I, I feel it would be acceptable, uh, would be popular, and I think it would work. So, kind of a, you know, cool yet, ooh, yeah. Um, we'll just hope. <laughs> yeah. All right. Well, uh, pretty short news this week. Not a, not a whole lot going on. Mm hmm. Justin, would you like to take us out of the news since you did such a stellar and professional job? I don't know. I mean, if Jesse's going to
2: give me a hard time, I may just let this one go. You ready, Jesse? Oh, I'm ready. Okay. Do you mind if I try to distract you? You know what? I'll take that challenge. I'm not going (laughs) to guarantee you that I won't get distracted. (laughs) Okay. Especially depending on how far you go. All right. Just be ready. This week's news... Has been brought to you by HeliDaily.com, your daily RC helicopter news magazine. Just when you thought that the guys at SoCo Heli Tools had pushed setup methodology to the absolute state of the art, they come out with yet another innovation. In combination with their SoCo Helical, which fits all sizes and all brands of helis, they've recently announced the SoCo Heli Tools mobile app. This app greatly simplifies your setup by completely eliminating the need for a level working surface or main shaft. Available in stores soon for Android and Apple devices, this new mobile software will do everything that your original SoCo kit did, but with the added benefit of all measurements, calculations, and directions in one easy-to-use app. When you're ready to kick it up a notch with your heli setup, visit the Soko team at www.soco-heli-tools.com and check it out.
4: SoCo Heli Tools, next generation setup.
1: All right, what are we talking about? Uh, we kind of have a, a smorgasbord, a grab We, ca- we kind of have a Mirage, don't we, Nick? A Mirage. <laughs> Thank you for bringing up something I will probably never try and say again for the rest of my life. <laughs> now that you brought it up, I, I really appreciate that.
2: Also, too, we have.
1: Uh... <laughs> so, in conclusion, um... <laughs> the thing of it is, sorry, wow, we got me the
2: flow. all distracted. We've well, got a bunch okay. of crap to talk about.
1: Yeah, so let's start. uh, First one up on the list actually kind of goes hand in hand with our little skit topic. The dude who got the goblin tattoo. Oh, yeah. Yeah. He
3: made the show topics.
1: Yeah, yeah. Congratulations, (laughs) dude. That guy. That guy. What? Okay, so I'm assuming have all of you seen the tattoo?
3: We have. I have.
1: Uh, do you think... First, let's start off with... Let's be factual before we get opinionated. Do you think that it was a well-done tattoo? Yes. Yes. I think it looked amazing. I think
3: it looked freaking sweet, Yeah, dude. the tattoo was done very well.
1: Yeah. Now, <laughs> would you... I guess that... I'm not going to slam on this guy too much, but I guess it would bring up the question, and we've joked... You know, about we've given Bert a hard time for his, uh, Dan a hard time for his aligned tattoo. <laughs> I mean, would you do it?
2: Would I do it? In other words, tattoo goblin to my arm? Yeah, goblin.
1: Maybe not goblin. Me
2: but- personally, no, I wouldn't. But here's the thing, dude. And, and for the record, I don't have tattoos. I'd like to eventually get one, but I don't. And you, you do, Nick, so you probably have a lot better of an appreciation for this, mm-hmm. as does Dan. I feel like it's one of those things that anyone who, who is looking at the person who has been tattooed can come up with a reason why that particular subject matter is completely stupid, pointless, and crazy to be etched into your body for the rest of your life. And so, why is an RC helicopter any different?
1: Yeah, I think it's that's fair. I mean, why, why is it exactly? Why is an RC helicopter any worse than, uh, you know, than a, a naked lady or a, a skull like every other? Well. I guess the
3: one response I would have to that is this isn't an RC helicopter; it is a brand specific.
1: Ah, uh, now that's RC helicopter okay. yeah. because a
3: lot of that stuff is kept very generic. That's you know, fair. It kind of applies to multiple things. Where yeah, but this maybe is,
2: it's meaningful to him because he has an it, entire exactly. fleet of goblins, and to him, yeah, for sure, that's his hobby.
1: I think he actually is for a sure. goblin rap, for the record. I think.
3: But yeah, I, I guess my point was, I was just pointing out, this is one level further than those generic symbols. This is something brand specific, very specific.
1: And now that's, okay, so let's talk about that. If you're going to do a, a tattoo with this detail, you can't not do a generic, because if let, let's say if the guy's a goblin rep, he gets a pod and boom heli tattooed on his arm, they're going to go, WTF, dude, like what it, it's that's kind of obviously... looks like in a line yeah it kind of looks so, like a... yeah <laughs> Who, whose team are you playing for you would have to go way generic with it but this drawing was just too way too detailed for that i mean you don't have to write goblin on this to know that it's a goblin yeah
2: i don't know i i personally wouldn't tattoo a helicopter on on my body but well and i'm who you knows? know,
1: I, Dan and myself would, would be the tattooed guys of the bunch. I, I kind of agree like with what Jesse said and I would go, you know, I've got some plans to get, uh, some artwork done that would be, uh, a, a, you know, a little bit of everything that's about me, you know, being a gearhead, being a, being a, a ranch head, uh, electricity you know i'm gonna put all of that into a tattoo and in that sort of a situation i could easily see incorporating something to do with the hobby Mm -hmm. you know what i mean just to to kind of put it into the mirage of this is something that i love to do and and all of this makes me me and you know maybe this is what this guy's done forever, and and that's what he's all about. I think you gotta be, I think you gotta be careful, you know, uh, about. Uh, well, I don't know. Man, I'm torn on it because it's a very personal thing. When I get a tattoo, I don't give two shits what anyone thinks. Yeah, about
2: it. I say rock it. Yeah, dude. exactly. If you're yeah. happy with it, and there's no reason you should or you shouldn't be because it was a damn good job.
1: Yeah. Then whoever did it, my thing. hat's off. That's for sure. Yep. But uh it does I think with it <laughs> you have to be aware and know that you're gonna get shit for it. Yeah. Like you're you're just gonna. And it it can't it, it is a little bit over the top to most people. But I don't know. I saw it, made me giggle. <laughs> Let's see what else we got here. Oh. It's it's final, it's official. Heli Pros is they're dude, they're gone. Like Out no of more business. off the map. Oh no more Yeah, nothing. No more website, no more nada. What uh the, dude, hmm. you know what? I, I I
2: think in the last year we've seen and maybe maybe this is just Maybe I'm over embellishing, but there's been a lot of loss. Yep. You know, we we had Minair go under here goes Heli pros. Obviously, we know that they were in some way uh, related corporately. Right. And then uh, ready Heli. That was the other one. Yeah. What else? What am I missing?
1: Alias recently. Alias with just that recently. Deal. We yep. talked
2: about that last week. I got to believe that it is a sign that the pod and boom portion of the hobby is either plateaued and is not growing any further, or it's on a downturn. And you know, I think we have multi rotors to blame for that. Blame I, or whatever you want to call I'm not. I'm not necessarily yeah. pointing fingers. Right. It is what it is. It's all an RC hobby. But yep. Man, I'm I'll tell say you
1: that has to say some to do with it. But I'm gonna pull. Compl- I don't buy it. I I don't think so. I mean, do I think that it has something to do with it? Yes. Do I think that a smart hobby shop should have? But dude. Uh, the guys at HeliPros, Pros, they love multi rotors. They had a fair amount of multi rotor stuff. Yeah, they on could their have site. started
3: selling those. I mean, they did push. Yeah, they could. I mean, that fair. they could have transformed fair. into that sort. So, of... So
1: then, why not? I don't think so. I call BS on that one. I, I think that well, Ready Heli for me was way out of nowhere. Like, I did not see that one coming. I that had to have been a back end thing. I don't think we. I don't think anyone except the people who know what happened or who know what have you know was going on there saw that one coming. But do you know Helipros? Man, A Main there's a great. Exa- okay, another one. I personally believe A Main's on its way out. Uh, In Podman, uh, yeah, not anywhere they're else. Huge. Dude. They're <laughs> huge.
2: They are huge.
1: Okay, but in our portion of the hobby.
2: Yeah, okay, that's fair. Yeah, but not as a business.
1: No, 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 not as a business, but in our portion of the hobby. And you know what I think the common denominator is? There's no... Man, you got to love it. You got to want it. You got to breathe it. You have to... You know, you have to have people working there in key roles that still grab a heli and go out and fly at lunch and you got to have thick skin and be able to take all the shit that's right yep and you have to be able to roll and you know uh be aware of what's going on roll with the times and you have to kind of maintain a a young and in the groove attitude now i'm not saying you have to be young but i'm saying you have to take that that attitude Mm-hmm. There's a lot of hobby shops out there with some very experienced people that, you know, just they're not getting it because they're not changing. Well, why do I need to change? This is how this is good enough. This is how it was. This is what I know. This is how it's going to stay. Well, guess what happens? <laughs> yep. It doesn't matter how nice of a guy you changed. are, how good of a people you are. It, it's it's You're going to end up getting left behind. I think that's what happened. Myself. I mean, they blame... Yeah, they blamed, all because Chinese, this and that. And you know what? You can blame whatever you want and whoever you want, but places like, you know, uh, places like Experience wouldn't be cranking along just fine. HeliDirect, cranking along just fine. Uh, Smaller hobby shops, you know, growing uh, like Rotary Way. And even... Yeah, uh, bring it
3: back to designers such as you know KDE for example. That's something that it seems like Patrick battles with, and he's you know keeping up and stuff like that. So yeah,
1: and and he went see that's a there's no denying that there. KDE has gone. They have headed in the direction of the multi rotor and been very yeah. open and upfront about that. You know, hey, guys, this is just where we're gonna go. Okay, that's where the business is. Great, not a problem. But that's a smart man realizing that's where he wants to go and not making yep. excuses for anything. Exactly. So, I mean, I, I do hate to see him go out. I know a lot of people have a lot of good memories there, you know, visiting there and seeing all of that. But, you know, they're just, I don't think there was the love, the the passion, you know. It's, it's kind of, it's inevitable. Yeah. It's a bummer, though. It is a bummer. It won't be the last. So, Justin, um, you have some notes down here about uh, AMA spokesperson.
2: Oh yeah, yeah. So, so I'll
1: let you take that one.
2: This one, this this could be a big topic, but we'll we'll get started on it. How many of you guys have heard the news that on? January 26th, at about 3 a.m., someone crashed a, quote, drone on the lawn of the White House in Washington, D.C. That I have heard. You've heard that, yeah?
1: Everyone with a TV and a computer. Now, it happened to be
2: a DJI Phantom, for those who are curious. Weapon of choice. I'm actually looking at a photo of a busted Phantom lying on the ground. That is courtesy of the U.S. Secret Service. The dude that was flying it was flying around the White House at about 3 o'clock in the morning for, quote, recreational purposes when he lost control. (laughs) They did not, at least in any of the news articles I've read, didn't explain why the man uh, was flying it at three o'clock in the morning or near the White House. What's interesting about this, and the and, and the part that I think a lot of people in our hobby have gotten concerned about is the fact that in this particular case, the drone was not picked up on the White House radar, which is supposed to be able to identify Flying objects, planes, missiles, drones, didn't see it coming. So the U.S. Secret Service is considering this a security breach. In other words, someone has found a way to exploit the White House security.
1: That's a bad day
2: for That's that guy. That's not good. <laughs> now, I'll, I'll add, he's not been charged with a crime yet. And he's a, he was a government employee, correct? I don't know about that. I know that they said he doesn't work at the White House. Yeah. Okay. So we got a security breach in the eyes of the U.S. government. And, okay, I mean, you 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 put the facts together. It is what it is, right? No one got hurt. It appears that the guy was not doing this for uh you know purposes of endangering the white house or the president or the president's family anything like that and what then came out of this was obama president obama alongside the faa um a uh basically doing a speech having a talk about the fact that they would like to call for more regulation As a result of this. Of course. And of course, everyone flipped out about that. Right. AMA jumped in. President Bob Brown jumped in and made a a statement, had a special message from the AMA out to the community uh, about all of this. And basically, I'm not going to read the message to you guys. Uh, I will... Put a link in the show notes so that if you haven't seen it or you didn't get it in your email, if you're an AMA member, you can read it at a top level. What Bob is saying is we stand for education, not regulation. And the message that he's trying to get across here is that more regulation is not the is not the answer. Uh, The incident itself took place inside the Washington, D.C. flight restricted zone, which is, by the way, the most heavily regulated airspace in the country.
1: (laughs) All right. And what does that what's the floor on that? What do you mean the floor? Like, is it, you know, is it uh, above 400 feet, 500 or all the way down to the ground?
2: I think it is anywhere. In, in its area. is consi- okay. So ground level all the way up to space. No kite flying. You do not fly in the flight restricted zone of Washington, D.C. Okay. Okay. Long story short, he wants people to get the message that regulation is not going to help. If more regulation were to have been put in place, it would have not prevented this incident. And and the fact that he cites is that the flight restriction zone was established in 2009 and effectively prevents all forms of flight within the restricted area. And in this case, a case that's resulted in calls for more regulation, regulation clearly didn't work. I, hmm. I, I think. Yeah, interesting. I think that you know, we, we've talked a lot about the AMA and some people agree with their approach and position that they've taken in, in battling the FAA. Some people don't, we've been vocal about it. You know, it is what it is. I I like the statements that are being made in this, in this, uh, public message. I don't know that it's going to do anything, uh, but it felt, somewhat comforting to know that they were willing to step up and say, guys, you're crazy here. Regulating it isn't going to get it done. And
1: look, you already tried it and we got through. I I actually really like that. I mean, my hat's off. That was, I think that was very well-worded on the AMA's part. I mean, just like, oh, well, yeah, you're going to... Why would we need more regulations when the ones you have don't work? Uh, and... So I think yep. that's good. I, I, I'll, uh, I'll give them a thumbs up for those statements. Yep. Yeah. Interesting
2: oh. stuff.
4: B.K. Servo. Brought to you by the legendary Burt Cammer. B.K. Servo is proud to present to you its new line of Corliss microcyclic and mini tail servos.
2: When you don't want to compromise on performance, but are looking for an affordable, high-voltage servo to keep your 360-class heli locked in no matter what you throw at it, look no further than the BKDS-3001 HV Cyclic Servos. Designed specifically to handle the rigors of today's 360-380mm to 380 millimeter models, the BKDS-3001 HV High Torque Cyclic Micro Servos will keep you connected. And for amazing tail performance, look no further than the BK-DS5005HV mini high-speed tail servo,
4: which will hold through the worst that you can throw at it. B.K. Servo. Coming to a 360-class heli near you.
1: Well, moving down the list... This was one that I uh, I wanted to bring up because I I did it. Which <laughs> shit. Now that I... <laughs> oh man, you know what I just thought of? Oh, the irony here. So I've got mm-hmm. on the list to shorten servo wires or not. Uh oh. <laughs> yeah, you know where this is going. <laughs> I know where this is going. You know what made me think of this topic? What do you think I did this week? You shortened the Went servo wires and shortened on the 5, the servo wires. which will
2: now not fit on the 570. <laughs> oh,
1: shit. Yep. Servo extension. Well, what a perfectly timed topic. Uh, I feel like I can represent both sides yeah. of this now. How does that make you feel? How does it make <laughs> yeah. You know, do, what do you guys think? Are you, do you believe in doing it? Do yes. you, you do shorten yours, Justin? hmm
2: Not on all models, but I do. I mean, do I go- will
1: try first
2: to preserve the stock length by getting creative with how I route the servo wires. And and I actually think the Goblin is a really good example of how you can do that because of the way that the servos are oriented and how the wires route around that sort of central servo block towards the back where the fly barless system is. Um, but I do shorten servo wires. I don't think twice about it. I don't get nervous about chopping them down and then having to put my own connectors on. It's just it's not a big deal to me. Jesse. I would like to say I... Don't
3: get nervous about it, and don't and and shorten them. But I haven't in the past. Um, typically, I'll like Justin mentioned, just try to get creative and use up as much length as possible. Um, and I know that sounds a little odd because most of the time I keep my helis for quite a long time, so you would think I would really customize the servo wire lengths. But most of the time, I can find a perfectly reasonable, acceptable solution. You know where. I, I do have very high standards for keeping the wiring looking clean, um, and most of the time I can get creative enough and kind I bet you route I know why it you don't. in such a way that
1: I don't need to shorten. I bet you I know why you don't, Let's, which is why. a big factor, resale value. I mean, if you, yeah. if you're going to sell them. Yeah.
3: Yes and no, because I, I don't really sell. Like I said, I usually just keep the heli for a you long time. You don't sell
1: stuff. Yeah, that's true. I mean,
3: it's it's not like I'm constantly going through. I, I have. I'm not going to say I haven't sold servos because I have, but it's not one of those things where. Yeah, most of the time I'm pulling them because they have a lot of, you know, a lot of flights on them. Something failed, something like that. So
2: Well, let's face it, though. If you really were worried about resale. and And my disclaimer on this is you better be a good solder person. You can actually go mm-hmm. into the back of the case and desolder it from the board and solder in yep. a new servo lead. Yep. No problem. You could. It's no yep. different than doing it on a BEC or an ESC or any of that.
1: Yeah, yep. It is lead free solder. So you have to be higher temp. temp. Yep. Higher temperature. Oh, it's, it's,
2: it, it, yeah. Sometimes it is the silver solder that, that ends up taking a lot more down temperature.
1: Down yeah. So, so yeah, so. again.
2: I wouldn't do it if you're not well-versed in soldering. If you have trouble not burning yourself or melting the insulation <laughs> off of a wire when you're trying to do an EC5 connector, you probably <laughs> Bur- should practice. Burning yourself. Yeah, yeah. yeah.
1: I would shy away from it. Yeah. Uh, I do it. I'm getting to the point where I do it on a lot of them, and I think it's more of a, a trend of the Hellies. So many of the helis now, the servo layouts are are so tight yeah. all in the top right around the swash. And then the fly barless system's like two inches away. Yep. Uh, I mean, yeah. And yeah, I might have gone way overboard with the E5. I could easily have shot myself in the foot. Um, Probably not on all of them, but at least one of them. So yeah. that's the risk that you run. Now, in my case... I will just solder longer wires on. I wouldn't build extensions myself. Yeah. Because I'm comfortable soldering. Mm-hmm.
3: Um, yep. Just, so you'll go all the way right back to
2: the board then?
1: Uh No. N- or just no, solder. No, I would probably solder them together.
2: Oh, okay. Yeah. Oh, so you are doing an extension, just not a, just connector, not a connector extension.
1: Yeah, because it's usually the you know c- connection points are your yeah. biggest risk for failure. And, and while you do run the risk of, you know, a break occurring. The only thing, yeah, the fatigue. Fatigue, the, right. putting in a hard spot. That's right, right outside, right on the edge of a solder joint is really prone to fatigue, but.
2: That's why I do it at the board inside.
1: I also think that you can do a lot to to counter that yeah. by proper heat shrink placement, heat shrink thickness, that sort of support support, zip, yep, zip ties, right. that type of stuff. Yep. Yeah, exactly.
2: That's true. yeah. you got to live on the edge, man. It's it's like gambling. Doing 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 the solder at the board because, you know, that you may screw it up and then you've killed that servo. But if you yeah, do and it I right, think
1: that's why I don't do it at the board, because I know for a fact that I can do it out on the wire and it'll be OK. True. So, Jesse, you mentioned, um, you know, you like pull them out because of flights. Yep. And that kind of got gets me thinking, like quantity of flights on components. <laughs> yeah, oh. that is a very good question. When is is too long or too when many? When it fails, or, I mean, is that <laughs> do we usually crash to the point where that kind of sorts itself out?
3: I So for me personally, I would say that completely depends on the component. So servos is one of those things where I'll get to the point where I'll just swap them out. For me, i probably run them higher than most. I'd say 800,000 flights on servos. But other components such as maybe a speed controller, a fly barless system... Man, I'm probably running those till failure. Honestly, I mean, I can't ever think. And they may never count- fail. And they may never fail. But I, I can't ever think. Oh, I'm getting a lot of flights on this flybarless unit. I'm, I may want to think about swapping it out. You know, when it's operating perfectly fine, that just doesn't seem to, you know, cross my mind.
1: I'll, I'll counter that with they're all perfectly fine right until they quit. Ex- exactly. So, do
2: you do a preventative swap? Though no. <laughs>
1: yeah exactly you know, saying
4: that, <laughs> yeah no unless <laughs> yeah. you
2: know it's a low reliability component at which point i would question your judgment in putting it on your helicopter to begin
1: with uh, so what, well a lower
2: reliability is moving parts right
3: off the bat
1: yeah that's i think that's a good one like i'm not concerned about esc's fly systems my bigger concern would be moving components anything rotating you know brushes wearing out or stuff like that so servos i agree yeah with
2: electronics you know it differs from industry to industry what i can tell you is in the space industry the general philosophy on electronics is that if they make it through what we refer to as an upfront burn-in uh period which is, you know, mm-hmm. r- running it up to temperature, up to high load um, several times or for several hours, tens of hours, hundreds, thousands, whatever it is. Then, and they've survived that, that infant mortality check, then they are effectively considered immortal. Really? Yes. Now that mm-hmm. is
1: interesting. If they're like-
2: designed correctly.
1: No, no, that's fair. But and like, so
2: that's why the caveat is this isn't the space industry. It's a hobby. And they're not always yeah. designed with as much rigor. And, and they're not always using the same level of component. They're never using the same level of components because your ESC would cost you like $40,000. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, <laughs> I, I, I wouldn't feel bad about using an ESC until it is no longer useful to
1: me. Cause I've got, for example, I have a an ice two one twenty HV uh, that has, <laughs> I don't even know, like it was one of the second or first or second batches after they quit burning up.
2: Hmm. So it's it, a that, good unit.
1: That some bitch won't die. <laughs> I mean, it won't die, and I'm getting to the point now to where I'm a little bit nervous about putting it in stuff because I feel like, why don't you just die? <laughs> but, I mean, are you I telling me that... I don't think it's gonna. It, it just might not?
2: Yeah, I mean, unless you're running these things at the extremes of their capability, it's and it hasn't died yet, it's probably pretty much good to go. The Because mm-hmm. if you think about it, The only the only degrading operation that it goes through is, I mean, the the first the primary thing is anything anything physical or mechanical continuously moving the wires, plugging in, unplugging it, plugging it in, unplugging it.
1: That's probably the best. You can stress the
2: boards. You know, vibration, you're right, you can fatigue solder joints yeah. and cause caps, stuff to fall off. I've That's seen definitely caps the fall case. Out. But if you if you have again, if it's been designed adequately and you're not putting it on a gigantic vibrating helicopter that has no, no appropriations for attenuating those vibrations to the ESC, then you're probably pretty good. Mm
1: very interesting.
2: Yeah, you know, I'd say some exceptions may be, and I only say may because I don't know the inner workings of all these designs in 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 the case of a speed heli. You know, you're you're up there putting hundreds of max current cycles on these on these devices. And mm-hmm. when you tell it to go from idle effectively at, you know, 30 or 40 amps, to two hundred and fifty amps several times a flight, it heats up, it cools down, it heats up. That thermal cycling can cause fatigue if the design has not been uh, if thermal fatigue has not been considered in the design. I'd bet Contronic's smarter than that, so I'm not too worried about my cosmics, but I can't speak for them all.
1: So then how would that explain like uh flybarless systems? You know, you know, what? Why do you get the the random V-bar sensor failure in flight? Do you think it's more of a vibration thing? Could
2: be a vibration. It could be that that particular sensor was a bad part. In electronics, they usually designate life capabilities or potential for for failure in something called MTBF, which is stands for mean time between failures. And it's basically a number based on statistics, a lot of statistics, a lot of individual components being tested. And it's in usually thousands of hours. Hmm. And so when you look at that and you consider these are commercial consumer electronics, that grade of of part, Crap. most of them probably have several thousand hours between failures statistically. But it doesn't mean that you're going to beat the statistics.
1: Yeah, that might be true. If assembled properly, you know, built properly, the whole deal, everything Mm -hmm. perfect. But you know that there's going to be things (laughs) that when they come out of the factory, it just barely works. And it makes it 100 flights before it finally vibrates loose or lets go or. And then we put it on a machine that we slam into the
2: ground like 5 times a year. <laughs> yes, that that will do it just yeah. that kind yeah, of Yeah, but it's funny because our difference. our
1: standards. That was my probably my biggest complaint. I've never killed flybarless systems except icons. Yeah. It was yeah, I, I mean, killed one too, dude. Yeah, uh, and they it was like 4 to 5 flights after a crash. Mm-hmm. They would just never turn back on done never never failed in flight but i go to plug it in nothing nothing done four to five flights after a crash happened to me th- two three times yeah yep mm. weird well totally weird. you know
2: I, I mean this this actually brings up a good complimentary topic right and 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 that is Once we've gotten past the, is it going to fail or not in terms of actual product life cycle, what's too long and what's not. In other words, you've got an ice 80 HV or an ice two, right? Nick, Mm -hmm. that damn thing's got to be near on three, four years old. It still works. Is it useful to you anymore? Or it, should you get rid of it because there's a newer, better thing out there?
1: Well, it, no, it would still be used. There is a newer, better thing out there, but it would still be useful to me if I still had the same amount of confidence in it.
2: Okay, what about let's go away from the ESC and let's talk about a fly barless system.
1: See, I feel like they're just gonna go when they're gonna go and it doesn't have anything to do with time. Yeah, you can't or predict
2: that or put those on a maintenance schedule or
1: so yeah. so how
2: about a black V bar? We've gone through two revisions. We went blue line, then and, and now we're at silver line. Yeah, the sensors See, are a I little would not bit in
1: black A black line because they I'm not gonna say they were known for failing, but they were far more prone for failing than the blue line was.
2: Fair. So, One but of mine failed. it wouldn't failed.
1: have anything to do with time. It would just be that, well, I guess it would have to do with time because they've been out longer and that we have more data. Like you said, there's more data. Mm-hmm. So. What about an airframe? Oh, infinite. Because you can replace the individual components.
2: Right. Okay.
1: Yeah. Not like bear, bearing blocks usually don't. <laughs> they don't uh, wear out. I've seen people rip them <laughs> out. <of them>.
2: And <laughs> um, all right. And then taking a step back from the position of the consumer and putting yourself in place of the the vendor, the companies. What's the right product life cycle? Well, in other words, ooh, yeah. You, you know. Okay. So. Goblins got a whole bunch of good stuff out there. Should we expect that in five years? And this is kind of a spin off from last week. It could go there. But in five years from now, should I still be able to buy a Goblin 700 competition? Or will the technology have moved on significantly, innovation wise, to the point where? The 700 competition is no longer good enough in the eyes of the market or in the eyes of the company.
1: Well, I think that's different because the, you know, like in an airframe situation, you have components that are going to wear as you fly it and you're going to need to replace stuff just to fly it. Uh, Electronics are a little bit different. You know, uh, I don't, I slap a V bar on or whatever. I don't need to do anything to it other than to maintain it. There's no maintenance schedule on it. There's no nothing. So to me, life expectancy on electronics greatly depends on method of failure and condition of failure. But failures
2: aside, when should you upgrade the product as a company?
1: Oh, I got you. We'll we'll
2: we'll go again. Talk, talk about compass. Seven HV has been around for four or five years, Jesse, four years.
3: Yeah. um, Yeah. Yeah. Four years.
2: They made the business decision to go Kronos. They haven't discontinued the seven HV, but I think they have in a nutshell decided that it's life cycle is nearing its end and we're going to give you the Kronos because it's, it's better. It it has improvements.
1: I kind of think that also depends on what are they giving you to, do you have options to smoothly transition over? So like we talked about last week where a Align, Align was actually pretty sneaky about what they did. They were constantly doing little upgrades and this and that. And then when the new one comes out, it's not drastically different and there are, you know, we look at it and we're like, oh, most of that stuff is the same, you know. But then in the meantime, they were slowly phasing out and upgrading the old stuff. It wasn't just like, uh, you know, for example, like a company that had an airframe that all of a sudden like they made it last year and then it's gone. Yeah, but You we mean discontented- like the
2: computer industry?
1: Yeah, like it's just gone. Where every six it. or
2: eight months there's a new one, and the, and they'll support the previous ones, but you can't buy them anymore.
1: Yeah, or you can't buy parts for them, and there's no half-upgraded version yeah. two of it. That's the hard part. It's like I can't even continue to fly the model that I have and upgrade components on it to get it to the new one. It's just gone. They don't but replace it with.
3: Is anything. that a better business model?
1: Well, get, because how about this, it might not be, but it also is a really bad idea if people don't have any faith in your brand and they just don't buy your shit because yep. of it. I mean, there are companies that have done that, that I won't buy I'm Not, I mean, I'm not going to do it because it. it's like, D- you guys pulled the rug out from under me last time I did yep. this, you know? You didn't give me any option. You didn't even give me a chance to, to, you know, to spend a couple hundred bucks into the new updated stuff next time I crash. Yep.
2: Yeah, that's a hard one. I think you're right, though, Jesse. It does come down to the business model, and maybe what always makes sense from a pure business standpoint doesn't make sense given how small and tight-knit the hobby is and how... I'll say how reactive we are as a community. Yeah, and I just know we t- we tend to take things pretty hard when they're oh, yeah. good or when they're bad. And so, Compass could have pulled a Microsoft and released the well, Xbox One, i.e., Chronos, with no backward compatibility yeah. and piss a lot of people off, but they didn't. And that's... they made it so you can upgrade your Compass Seven HV to a Chronos. Yep, and that's what
3: I was going to say. But on the flip side of that. It sometimes diminishes the fact that you just released a new helicopter because, well, to keep parts compatible, to keep upgrades compatible, you're keeping some of the design very similar. It's not as, so, you know, you're not, cutting exactly. edge, whiz-bang. So it yeah. kind of depends on what are you going for. Do you want to support the older models and, you know, bring all those customers along and bring them up to speed? Or do you want to just draw a hard line in the sand and say, okay, there was that model now there's this one.
1: I think the the best of the best make you think that you can upgrade it. But when you dollar pencil it <laughs> out, it's just teeters over that point to where it doesn't make yeah. sense. Like SAB. Like SAB? The
2: 700 to the 700 competition, I think, is a reasonable example. It may not be quite as drastic as you're describing, Nick. But thinner frames, different frame height... I mean, to get from the 700 to the 700 competition, you had to replace a decent amount of stuff: mm-hmm. tail boom, drivetrain components—not all of them, but some of them—the side frames, and and so. It, but you didn't. It didn't. Y- I don't even feel the stuff like... that you
1: had to do to just make it work. I mean, if you're going to put frames on it, you had to buy a new canopy. Yep. Hmm. So, even then, it starts adding up to where it's like... Right. uh, Whereas, can can I
2: take a 7HV, Jesse, and convert it mechanically, but still fly my 7HV canopy?
3: uh, I'm not not sure. I I think so, because the frames are the same. Okay. So, I I believe so, but don't quote me on that. I'm not 100% confident in that.
2: Yeah, I I just think it's a really interesting topic because we know every supplier, every company out there, they they've got a different business model, they yeah. see it differently. And you know, okay, what about what about Thunder Tiger? You can't still buy a Raptor 50 or a Raptor 30, but I still I think they supported it for a lot longer. Than a typical company would nowadays. Once something yeah. oh, is yeah. phased well, out that was or discontinued,
1: the, they've also traditionally been a little old school and behind the times a little bit, mm-hmm. and that was what you did back then, yeah. right? I mean, but that unfortunately, that's just that's uh, that's not the market now. Kind of, it's what it is. It's it's brutal. It's harsh. Yep. All right, guys, so we are gonna do something pretty cool uh well, we think so anyway, <laughs> if you don't I hope like you it, agree, whatever yeah <laughs> um, you know we love doing uh listener emails they are and we wanna get a little more interactive in that, but what we think is you know okay, so we could have you send in your emails, ask questions, whatever you guys kinda do that already um. But what I think will be fun, and I'd like to try, is we're going to start doing uh, a s- section uh, parts of some of the shows where we answer questions, direct questions from you guys. But what we want is we want those questions, I want to hear that question instead. We want to actually hear it so that we can play it on the air.
0: Oh well, yeah.
1: A lot this is kind of a podcast thing and, and we're just gonna uh we're gonna give it a shot, see how it goes, see if you guys like it. I think it's gonna be really fun. So what you do, uh grab your smartphone, iPad, whatever Computer, you do. Yeah. Computer. yeah, you can
2: do it on your, your PC.
1: Almost all of them have a voice record option. So kind of get yourself set up, you know, semi quiet environment. So that we can hear you clearly. You know, introduce yourself. Hey, guys, my name is so and so. Here's the heli that, here's what heli I have. And, uh, you know, it's doing this, kind of giving an explanation. What do you guys think? What direction should I go? Or what is your guys' opinion on this? I mean, basically, the the questions are kind of open ended. It, It really is anything that you want. More information you provide us without. Making it a complete and total audio book. Don't yeah. do that. Yeah, please. we don't
2: want like a five or ten yeah, minute no, conversation. No, 10 minute questions.
1: no, but if you can keep it, you know, around a minute, maybe two, something like that, that would be much appreciated. Get that recorded, and then, um uh, you know, all of these devices are usually directly linked right after that that you can drop them in an email, and so go ahead and email those. To questions and that's questions with an s on the end at RCHellynation.com. we're going to listen through those kind of put some together uh we'll pile them all together in a show and we're going to go through your guys questions we'll play it over on the air i think it'll be a lot of fun just a, a way that we can get um, you know all of you guys the citizens and all of the listeners uh, more involved in the show
2: Yeah, I'm really looking forward to this, Nick. I think we'll enjoy it. Uh, One of the coolest things is to be able to interact with the listeners and answer questions. And I do a lot of that on email and on Facebook Messenger and text. And actually, emails nowadays tend to be hard to keep up with. So being able to get some of those out on the air and, I mean damn, I wish I could just talk into my phone to answer a lot of the email <laughs> questions yeah, no, that I okay. get. That would make it a lot easier. Doesn't your uh, your phone do that too? No,
3: no. Just talk and it turns it into text.
2: Yeah, but no. It doesn't work as <laughs> yeah, well not, as I'd like. Quite. Yeah,
3: I'm, I'm really excited about this because it never fails that if one person's thinking that question, how many other people out there have the exact same question? question so to give us the opportunity you know to address it once and put it on the show it, it'll be cool Hear some listeners get some recognition on the air and it gives us the opportunity to respond to it once and everyone will then know yeah. the answer to the uh to that question so
1: well and all, all of us get an opportunity to put our two cents in and uh you know rather than just emailing it to one person yeah or mm-hmm. whatever yep and then, yeah, maybe if, if one other person hears it on the show, it's like, dude, I totally get that. Then it's a, it's a success.
2: Speaking of listener questions, I have gotten no shortage of listeners asking whether we intend to release some form of illustration or video showing each of the maneuvers in the pilot proficiency program and how they are supposed to be done. What do they look like? You know, whether it's on a SIM or a real heli. Now, uh, my response to most of you guys has been, we'll look into it, but it may turn out to be something that's too big for the four of us to take on given everything else that we've got going on. But, I've had a couple of listeners graciously step up and offer to give it a try. And so uh, listener and good friend of mine, Josh Moen, out of Denver, Colorado, uh, he is going to give levels one and two a try. He's actually going to see if, you know, while, while we're, you listen to this right now, he may have already completed recording of it over the weekend. And then move on from there, see if he can get three and beyond. Uh, and post those videos on YouTube. And so, if you know, if you're doing something similar, or you're interested, if you have a way to do illustrations, you know, I, I think the pilot proficiency program is doing a heck of a lot more than just getting people to focus on learning. It's bringing a lot of people together, as we've seen with Yen's uh, on the on the tracking system. So let's let's ride that wave and see what else we can come up with. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. If you want to contribute, uh, you know, get in contact with us, let us know. Um we are more than happy to take a look at what you got and post links and all of that.
1: Sure. Cool, cool, guys. Well, we're running a little long. Let's go ahead and wrap it up. As always, we've got stuff up in the store. We still have shirts, hats, And I think some sweatshirts left. Mm -hmm. Yep. Couple. Yeah. Yeah, Couple hoodies left in there. Um, Make sure and, you know, hop over on the website. Check out the tech tip section. Uh, That one is, is still filling up. We're still adding tech tips to those events. If you have any events coming up for this year. Uh, make sure and email those to Ken at RCHellynation.com. He'll get them on the calendar. Also, don't forget that you can actually use your uh, smartphone and subscribe, and your computer, actually, to subscribe to that calendar so that it will show up in your calendar program uh, with all of those events on there. So that way you're not like, ah, when was that fun fly again? Kind of a cool little feature.
2: Go to the forums. Check those out. Go to the
1: forums. Facebook where you know we do a lot of stuff on Facebook. And uh yeah, we've got um I, we've got some pretty cool episodes lined up for you. We're just kind of we're all, you know, I, I think it's fair to say we're a little late to get smooth rolling into the year, but things are starting to settle in really well and I I think you guys are going to start um it's just going to be cool. We we've got a lot of stuff planned for this year. That is going to be awesome, and I think that you guys are going to benefit a lot from listening. We thank you for all of your support. Share it. Tell everyone about it. And don't forget that if you're ordering from anyone that supports the show, make sure to just throw in the notes and say, Hey, guys, RCHN sent me, and thanks for, thanks for supporting what they do. True. Well?
2: Let's close it out.
1: Yeah. Uh, Justin? Someone wanted to send you an email, how would they do that?
2: They could send it to justin at RCHellynation.com.
3: And Jesse? You could send me an email to jesse at RCHellynation.com.
1: If you wanted to send me an email, you could send that to nick at RCHellynation.com. Again, citizen questions, store questions, and uh, for putting events, that goes to ken at RCHeliNation.com. And if you want to get in touch with Dan, uh, congratulate him on his recent uh, relationship <laughs> discoveries and or say hi to Frederico, that would be dan at com, Or. Well. Or.
3: Bigcountrylover oh, at right. gmail.com. Bigcountrylover big country lover at you gmail.com. You could be next.
1: You could be <laughs> next. Absolutely. Well, boys, this has been episode number 173. We sure hope all of you have enjoyed listening to this episode as much as we have enjoyed making it. Thank you. Enjoy your week.
3: Later, guys. Talk to you next week.
4: Take it easy, dudes.
1: She-bang! She-bang!
4: This has been a production of RC Heli Nation, LLC and is brought to you by... KDE Direct, Soko Heli Tools, Progressive RC, Genza Batteries, Blade Helicopters, BK Servos, and Rotary Wing RC. If you have any questions, comments or suggestions, please feel free to send us an email.
1: busted (laughs) (laughs) you're right (laughs) you're right holy fucking Tourette's clicking that right there (laughs) is a problem don't tell me I'm really good about that
2: uh, so this yeah you're right
1: this actually
2: was was an exception I don't usually do this oh going again